0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarians Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Brian Smith. I'm a seminarian of the Diocese of Youngstown, And I'm joined today by Jacob Stinnett, a seminarian of the Diocese of Columbus. Let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for the times and the seasons of our lives and of the year. Through them, you help us to enter into the process of conversion and to appreciate the work of redemption that you have done for us. Help us always to not only be attentive to the changes and the processes and the seasons of our lives, but to enter into them with a full heart. Let us pray together. Our Father, who Who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy 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 will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give give us this day our daily bread, and and forgive us our
1: trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. but but deliver deliver us us from evil. evil. Amen.
0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Jacob, the church offers us different times, specifically in the calendar, called we call the liturgical year, um, to really appreciate the things that God has done for us. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked on some of the different shows about how in the vestments we might see colors reflecting these different times. And um today um we're going to talk a little bit about Lent specifically um as a time leading towards the great feast of the liturgical year Easter. Um so it's a season of preparation and we're preparing concretely for Easter and what does that mean then? Like what are we what is it that we're preparing for besides, you know, that holiday in name, what is it that we're trying to make our hearts ready for?
1: Right. So Easter, as you said, it's kind of the feast day for Christians. Um, We have Christmas, which is awesome. The incarnation, Um, we celebrate that with a lot of solemnity. It's probably the second biggest as far as we celebrate. Mm -hmm. Um, But Easter is the, Christian celebration, the resurrection, Christ's triumph over uh, death, uh, over sin, and that's where our hope as Christians comes from, is mm-hmm. from uh, the resurrection of Christ, that death uh, will not be the end anymore, that there is this hope um, which, as we assisted by grace in this life, brings us to heaven one day, to eternal life, um, united once again With God, our Creator,
0: it's the ultimate feast of new life, and both Christmas and Easter celebrate life. But Mm -hmm. Christmas is preparing for the ultimate victory over death. Right, Christmas is
1: the beginning of Christ's mission Mm -hmm. um, on
0: earth, and Easter is the
1: culmination. Um,
0: And in the history of the Church, um, you know the things that we do now as Catholics weren't all fully developed right from the beginning. So, Easter was one of those first holidays that came to be celebrated by the church in general. Right.
1: So, every Sunday, we celebrate Easter. It's the day of the Mm -hmm. resurrection. And that was something that the early church picked up right away, was gathering on that first day of the week to commemorate our Lord's resurrection.
0: Yeah, we see it in the Acts of the Apostles. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But things like a fixed date for Easter or... The Christmas season or the Lenten season that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. today, those came along later as people recognized a need to prepare beforehand to get ready for Easter. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how Lent developed. Um, The word Lent is an interesting word. It's kind of unique amongst church terminology. So much of it comes from Latin, um, and we see that reflected in a lot of the european formulations of how they would say lent right. um, it's always a lot of
0: the names of the vestments that we use just basically come from latin or some right. adapted form of latin right and maybe even some other holidays but mm-hmm. lent is not the case
1: right yes yeah, so when many of the european countries they don't call it lent they'll call it something that would translate to a 40-day period mm-hmm right um Quaresma or something like that mm-hmm um so, tell us a little bit about Lent. Yeah, you Brian, know I like languages and words. Great, right, our word expert.
0: So, um, the English language has vocabulary from a lot of different places, but a big chunk of our vocabulary comes from the area of Europe where German is spoken. Mm-hmm. So, we're talking like the central, middle, northern part of Europe. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those words, it comes from that part of Europe, and it basically means spring. Um it was a longer word at one time that had two parts. Longer days. Those were the two parts of the the, the word because it was just describing what was happening this time of the year. Mm-hmm. The days were getting longer. And um, it was abbreviated as we do with different words over time. We make contractions from them and it eventually just became lent. Uh, so it comes from that idea of spring and the days becoming longer.
1: Hmm. So you could also say that There's even a theological point in calling it Lent.
0: Yeah, even unintentionally, there's something going on there. Yeah,
1: sort of new springtime for our spiritual lives, a Mm -hmm. time where we're intentionally uh, looking at our spiritual growth, our union with Christ. Um, That should be the goal of our Lent, and then that brings us more and more into the mystery of Easter, to the joy of the resurrection. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we could call Lent a time of transformation, maybe as the earth around us transforms from snowy and brown and dead to having uh, flowers come up and bloom, the grass is turning green, things are becoming warmer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, too, our spiritual life should be sort of transformed.
0: Um, We see on the trees even, just in a natural sign, you know, the buds all begin to appear. So, that's the sign of, you know, life beginning... But those things don't open fully until spring really takes off. So, Mm -hmm. Lent is more the time of the buds forming, you know, or the growth isn't perhaps as glorious and as apparent because Lent is a subdued season. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit more later. Just like the buds appearing on the tree, you have to look a little bit closely to see that. But they're there and then they open up really, um, you know, later in the spring. Yeah, once we've reached Easter. Right. (laughs)
1: So, uh, one of our priests of the Josephinum was talking about sort of this idea of transformation in the church, uh, something that we, as a church, as Christians, are constantly being called to, Mm -hmm. um, but is sort of brought to the forefront of our spiritual minds during Lent, um, this idea of transformation. And so, he kind of divides it up into four different stages of transformation. The first... Um, It's just recognizing our failures. Um, In order for us to grow, we have to know where we are now and Mm -hmm. being able to identify those areas that can be improved. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's done by recognizing our failures. Where have we not lived up to that Christian perfection to which we are called? So we don't just end there, of course. Um, Because of the resurrection, we are a people of hope. Which means that we strive for transformation. We recognize our failures, our sins, where we've done wrong, where we could do better. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, we're now going to do something about this.
0: It's funny when you word it in that way. We're striving for transformation. We still don't know exactly what we're going to do. But Mm -hmm. that's a part of the life of prayer. And we turn to God, especially once we recognize something that is weighing on us. Mm -hmm. In this case, if we recognize one of our failures. We might not know exactly how to go forward. Sure. We've done the first step. We see it. Mm -hmm. And now we turn to God and we kind of present to him our resolve but say, now I need your help to kind of figure out what to do.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So this transformation isn't going to come from within ourselves. Mm -hmm. It comes from grace, from God's love. Right. So we have to be open to that. Um, The third step after we recognize our failures and have this resolve that we present to God of, hey, I want to improve myself. I want to get better. I want to love you. I want to love my neighbor more. Um, it requires of us um, acts of penance uh, to sort of make up for all of those failures that we've recognized. Um, and penitential acts don't always have to be, um, you know, putting on sackcloth and ashes mm-hmm. as we see um, like in the Old Testament, as a sign of mourning, of grieving. Um, Sometimes that might be appropriate, but it's not always required. Penitential acts can also be acts of charity, Mm -hmm. acts of love, because those are the acts that are going to bring us closer to Christ because we are following in his footsteps.
0: We don't do these things to earn God's forgiveness, right? Right. right. We do them to help turn our hearts around and to create some habits of doing good Mm -hmm. and just to um you know, in, in a small way to make up for you know whatever harm we might have caused in the past
1: right right so these penitential acts should be accompanied by uh the fourth stage of transformation which is growing deeper falling more in love with god growing deeper into the mystery of our faith um, the mystery of the love of god which is more powerful than anything else we have ever encountered in our lives
0: You're listening to The Seminarian Show. My name is Brian Smith. I'm joined by Jacob Stanett today, and we are talking about Lent, the time of preparation before Easter. Um, and we've just been reviewing the four main steps of transformation during Lent, recognizing our failures, moving on to striving for transformation, performing acts of penance, and entering more deeply into the mystery of faith. Um, And before we move on, is there some more, another way we could um, unpack what this means? You know, this entry more deeply into the mystery of the faith.
1: Yeah. So um, at mass, we, the priest will say after the consecration of the bread and the wine, the mystery of faith Mm -hmm. and um, all the people reply with one of three different options. Mm -hmm. Um, The first option that the church gives us is uh, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So we have the death of the Lord, which happens on Good Friday at the beginning of the three-day season of the church we call Triduum, which is kind of the end of Lent the be looking forward to Easter. Mm -hmm. So we have that, and there we have Easter Sunday, the resurrection, that moment contained in this mystery of faith. And then we have the life of the church from the resurrection, um, until you come again, looking forward to... Christ's final coming. Um, So it's kind of growing in this um, life of the church, uh, the life of a people of hope, um, of a people recognizing the love of God for them Mm -hmm. and then working every day to respond to that love.
0: And Um, always looking to the life of Christ as our model mm -hmm. and recognizing that in this life we don't reach a state of perfection, so we're always experiencing to different degrees each of those three things right you know living through death experiencing um the new life and then waiting for the the fullness of you know life with christ life with god Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's also useful to point out with these stages of transformation um, that each one you can almost divide the first two and the last two the first two um, you have This recognition of failures may be a more physical thing examining our lives. And then there's the spiritual aspect of it, which is then raising our hearts to God, asking for his transformative grace. Sure. And then the second, there's also the physical aspect, the doing acts of penance um, out of charity. And then the spiritual aspect is through those we grow in our response to God's love. Mm -hmm. So we ask for God's love and for his grace, and then we grow in that
0: it's a helpful connection to make and it brings to mind the idea that um you know we're an integrated whole you Mm -hmm. know our body and our soul you know we we use our whole being to enter into relationship with god and to correct our relationship with god and with other people whenever that um needs repairing right
1: so this these this idea of transformation it's like i said a few minutes ago supposed to be normative for the church this is what the church is right. doing yeah. throughout the whole year. Um, it's, it's,
0: it's a similar idea to really any of our holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're trying to highlight on that holiday some truth that's always important. Right. But we just call it to mind, especially on that day. And then in the case of Lent, we call to mind the process of transformation mm-hmm. in a really intentional way. Not so we can forget about it the rest of the year, but so that we can kind of renew how we live it the rest of the year
1: yeah it's also a time for the church universal to do this together as a church instead of just individuals Mm -hmm. on their own we do it together as a corporate body right so we're presenting the whole church we're each presenting ourselves together with our brothers and sisters to god both asking for his transformative grace Mm -hmm. and growing in his
0: love we're bringing the process of conversion into our communion Mm -hmm.
1: precisely Precisely. So this is where we get the idea of giving things up for Lent. Um, whether it's, uh, I'm going to give up chocolate or soda or some thing that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an act of penance, um, but it's not, its end, the reason we do it, isn't supposed to be just to give something up. Right. Um, it should be to make more room for God in our lives. So by giving up chocolate this thing that i really love i'm then opening myself up to see god's love in other aspects of my life that maybe i wasn't paying attention to before
0: i'm taking time making space to recognize and really cultivate the love for other things of a higher order and then you know those things that i'm giving up
1: that's right so we've looked at transformation um and Two of those stages, recognizing our failures and doing penitential acts, require work on our part. Right. Um, so, Cardinal uh, Ratzinger, who then became Pope Benedict XVI, uh, he gave a series of reflections for Lent to the um, all the cardinals and bishops who work in Rome, who mm-hmm. work for the Pope. Um, and at one point, he's talking about the work of Lent. So, kind of trying to get at what is what is what the the part that is ours for Lent. Obviously, God is the first mover. He's the one who offers mm-hmm. us this grace of transformation. But what do we do with that? Um, and Cardinal Ratzinger boils it down to just one word. Um, the whole of the work of the Lenten season, he says, is conversion.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Turn, so. Turning ourselves.
1: That's right. Yeah, turning ourselves um, more to God. He gives... Uh, a bunch of different ways in which we can understand conversion. So I'd like to present some of those um, now. He says conversion is first a decision not to be our own creator, Mm -hmm. but to accept the creative love of God as my foundation.
0: Really here we're talking about just recognizing the truth of the way things are Mm -hmm. because to say that I am my own creator is just rejecting something that happens whether or not we want it to you know we don't make ourselves
1: right, right, which and means we can't be in control of every decision that we make about ourselves mm-hmm. either in the day to day um in our day to day lives
0: but the with the freedom that God gives us, he invites us to recognize this mm-hmm. so um in recognizing it, you know we set ourselves up to um, live a fuller life by just recognizing that truth and then Perhaps starting to ask questions. Well, if if God made me, you know, what does that mean? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. How you do you go he...
1: through those first couple of questions in the old Baltimore Catechism? Who made you? God made you. Uh, why? why did He make right. you? Right. Mm-hmm. To know and to love and to serve Him in this life.
0: And then, what does that mean for my for my everyday life mm-hmm. and for my decisions? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So after um, Colonel Ratzinger says that it's this recognition that we're not our own creators; that we were created by someone in love. Conversion Mm -hmm. is um, this openness, then, to being formed by God's love. So this is where those stages of transformation um, kind of come in um, to recognize um, and to invite God into our lives, um, to respond to the love that was there before we even knew it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Every act of love that we give to God is a response because he's the one who loved us first.
0: We're always moving somewhere. So here in the second step we're talking about um, trying to figure out where we're headed and letting God give us that direction. Precisely. Precisely.
1: Um, Then conversion, we get from these sort of interior acts of our head down to um, physical things or things that happen outside of ourselves, the demands of our day-to-day lives. So that's where the transformation happens um, he says in acts of truth and acts of faith and in acts of love. So acts of truth are recognizing the world as it is recognizing our place in the world, mm-hmm. um, which isn't on the top. It's not on the bottom either, <laughs> um, but very often we have to be reminded more that we're not on the top. <laughs> uh. Acts of faith are professing the beliefs of the church that, um, those truths that we recognize earlier, that God does love us, that um, God did create us, um, and that we have a purpose in him. And then acts of love, um, obviously prayers to God, but then acts of charity to our neighbors mm-hmm. done out of our love of God. And finally, um, Cardinal Ratzinger sums up conversion as simply following Jesus, um, sort of that that famous phrase what would jesus do Mm -hmm. Um, he is as you said earlier our model in the life of faith right in pursuing our vocation what god calls us to do in our lives
0: and in the beginning of all the gospels we see in different ways you know just the way when jesus begins his public career he's immediately telling people you know repent and st john the baptist is preparing his way with the same message repent believe in the gospel and he invites people to follow him Mm -hmm. from the beginning and then throughout all of the gospels that's a theme that they all have in common for sure right
1: that's how lent begins Um, card the cardinal uh cardinal ratzinger says that this choice for love um as opposed to our choice of um, being our own creators autonomy Um, He says that's typified or seen best in the choice for the cross. There's that uh, scene in the garden of Gethsemane of Christ Mm -hmm. saying, father, take this cup away. You know, seeing the pain and the suffering that this is going to be, his human will says, no, thank you. (laughs) Essentially much. Yeah. um, Too much to bear. But he in love resigns his human will to the will of God the Father, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that um, in his human will, God is the creator of the world um, that he created out of love and that this is going to be the supreme act of love for the world. So it's the cross, you can kind of see it as um, the end of that choice that Adam and Eve made in the garden Mm -hmm. to become like God is what the temptation of the serpent was. Um, so it's no longer that I want to become like God, but that I want to follow
0: God. And we have there in Christ's decision in that moment, really the combination of just the whole decision of his life mm-hmm. to do the will of his father. That's
1: right. That's right. So this work of Lent, this work of conversion, um, this work of love it, we do traditionally in the church, uh, through acts of Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We'll Mm -hmm. hear that gospel on Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, We heard that gospel on Ash Wednesday. And um, so I'd like to talk a little bit in the next few minutes about um, the first, uh, prayer. Um, We can talk a little bit about fasting and almsgiving, but prayer is the one that um, I'd like to focus on just for the next few minutes. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas says that prayer is... Um, expressing man's desire for God. So it's an act of each human person Mm -hmm. recognizing that I need God in my life. Um, And prayer is also that conversation between us and God. So it's God also saying back, I desire you. Mm -hmm. Um, That call of God to be loved by him. And we can almost see um, prayer as an internal act of almsgiving so it's not going out and doing the, the physical act of almsgiving More, taking care of no the poor. possessions are involved right um, but it forces man it forces me it forces you to look outside of ourselves and to give ourselves over to another namely to God
0: right we're expressing our trust even just by dedicating time to that and then recognizing how everything other moment of our life depends on this relationship.
1: That's right. So it shows that we ourselves are limited. We're not our own creators, but we can reach out to our creator, Mm -hmm. to God who loves us. Um, It also shows our need for him. Also, we're not um, fully complete until we are with God. Um, It's also not something that we can just take for granted that um, we all know how to pray automatically. That's um, another thing that Christ teaches us in the gospels is how Mm -hmm. to pray.
0: Um, Right. And his disciples spend some time with him and they still have to ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray.
1: Right. Right. So that's the question that all of us as disciples of Christ have to continually ask throughout our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Prayer is, it's not um, a well that will dry up. It's continually giving new, greater um, truths and deepening that
0: relationship in our lives. Um, Do you have any favorite Lenten practices from the past that you can recall or just, I think, very fruitful?
1: One of my favorites is praying the Stations of the Cross Mm -hmm. every year. Um, That's something that we do as a community at the Josephinum on Fridays. Um, It's something that many parishes do Um, to remind us of our Lord's passion, of that act of love, of Mm -hmm. um, self-gift, self-offering that he made on behalf of all of us.
0: And in that whole journey, you know, we're also in a small way just within 15 minutes or so also trying to go through that same journey with him Mm -hmm. and bring our process of conversion into that. That's that's a good suggestion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, thank you for the opportunity to reflect on Lent today Um, and we'll end by praying that these insights will help guide our own Lenten practices Um, and those of all who may be listening in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady, you who accompanied your son in the moments of great joy and of great sorrow of his life and who knew so closely the journey from death to new life help us to enter more deeply into this same journey hail mary full of grace the lord Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of of thy womb jesus Jesus. holy Holy mary Mary, mother Mother of god God. pray pray for for us sinners now and at the hour hour of our our death death. amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Amen. amen The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.